The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Do you have anything in your life that pulls you out of you? Anything that gets you so excited that it pulls you out of your troubles, what's got you drained and beat down. You know, the reality is that life itself has a way of draining us, depleting us, leaving us feeling overwhelmed. And as a result, if you're like me, you can go through life, I I don't know, half asleep. um, Like you're living in the third person. You're almost watching yourself go through life. And that's not the way we were meant to live. And so I I wanna talk with you about how you can experience something that can pull you out of yourself, out of all those challenges, all of those struggles, and actually fill you with an inner excitement that keeps you focused on what life was always meant to be. In fact, a UC Berkeley study was done by a group of their professors, and they discovered the obvious. In fact, I I can't believe that they even took the time to do this study. Maybe you've read other studies and you're like, they pay people to do this kind of research? Okay, so the research and what they discovered was that a 15 minute walk out in nature will actually improve your emotional and mental health and lift some stress out of your life. Really? I could have told you that and you wouldn't have had to pay me to do the research. Okay, but here's the point. Here's what they discovered. Why? Because it fills people with a sense of awe, an inner awe that helps them become more aware of the expanse of time. And as a result, it stirs in them deep feelings of generosity and even humility. Now, I have an idea of why, because I've experienced what they described, not on a 15-minute walk, but on a full-day, arduous hike. Uh, In fact, I had the privilege of going out to Wyoming with a few other pastors, and we were, yes, we were going on a hunt, uh, and we were up in the Wind River Range in Wyoming, only about an hour and a half south of uh, Yellowstone. In fact, I wanna show you a couple of these pictures. Uh, so here we are, uh, a couple miles into the hike. What we, what we were planning on doing was going way up, around 13,000 feet, looking for some elk, but on the way, we, uh, we, we hit heavy snow, and we weren't quite equipped for it. Anyway, here's a moment where we're on a hike in and the kind of the forest opened up and you could just see just the beauty of this mountain range. In fact, here's another picture. Uh, again, this is on our way in. So here we are, me and one of our pastor friends. He's part of our network, uh, Joel. And uh, here we are, we're kind of hanging out at this spot. Well, many hours later, we're gonna come back to this spot, but uh, we hike deeper in, into deeper snow. And by this point, it, we're cold, uh, we're depleted, feeling not necessarily dehydrated, but really emotionally and mentally dehydrated. And so around 1.30 in the morning, when our fire was getting a little bit uh, down and we were really feeling cold, um, we decided we were gonna hike out in the middle of the night. We could hear wolves howling. Uh, the wind was, felt like it was blowing right through us. And so we're freezing cold, we're hiking out, we're dead tired. And, by, and you know, as we're hiking over the miles, I mean, I felt like our heads were hanging low. We felt like we were half asleep, but you know, we're on like dangerous terrain. And we're constantly looking around for wolves, worried about, you know, grizzlies, worried about mountain lions. And so for me, I'm not used to this terrain. I'm just kind of walking paranoid. And there's this moment, you know, it's 
probably by this point, it's 2.33 in the morning and uh, pitch black out. But we came back to this spot and we paused for a moment because when we got there, everything opened up. And I can remember just looking up at the expanse of the Milky Way. And it didn't make the hike out any easier. It's not like we suddenly like, you know, felt totally like, you know, filled with food or felt totally refreshed like we had gotten enough sleep, but it did lift us out of ourselves because of the wonder of, of, of the beauty of the galaxy. It's like for a moment, I realized how small I am in this incredible cosmos and how, you know, the problems we have and what we're feeling, it doesn't matter as much as I thought it did. And again, I still had to hike. We still had to be careful where we walked. There were still wolves in the region, but suddenly like I felt rejuvenated. I felt renewed. The hike just felt different. And I, I show that to you because I'm curious, you know, what moments have you had that just lifted you out of you. In fact, in the comment section, maybe just, maybe just type that in. We would love to hear that from you, or maybe there's somebody else in the room with you. Lean over and just maybe share something that lifts you out of you. Too often, we go through life overwhelmed, beat down, discouraged, and drained. And as a result, we can live um, with tunnel vision where we start to make life all about us. All we can see is our problems, our pain, our suffering, and how difficult our world is. But that's not the way we were meant to live. In fact, the, uh, the grandeur of what we see should reveal the greatness of God. When you're captivated by awe, it should point you to an awe-inspiring God. The awesome maker and creator of whatever it is that has filled you with that awe. So I, I wanna bring you to a moment uh, written by a guy named Luke. So uh, as I've shared in this sermon series, Luke was an outsider to Judaism and Christianity, uh, a physician who is Greek, who became curious about Christianity because he met Christians. Now maybe you've had the opposite uh, experience where you met some Christians, like I don't want anything to do with that. For him, uh, he met Christians and it pulled him in and wanted him, made him curious about Jesus. That's what we want the effect to be on you right now, that you meet us and maybe you're new to the Lifehouse community and you're like, it pulls you in. All right, so it pulled Luke in. He began to investigate the life and teachings of Jesus from eyewitnesses of Jesus. And as a result, he became a follower of Jesus. He wrote out a whole account of the life and teachings of Jesus. And we have access to that because it's included in the Bible. And Luke is writing about the birth and the coming of Jesus. And here's kind of the thing that he shares. Uh, and you, you can't miss it. I've shared this in another sermon that often we have this view of Christmas, like it was tranquil, it was peaceful, it was old little town of Bethlehem. It was everything but that. Bethlehem was bustling, not so much with excitement, but everyone returning home, not for the holidays, but because there was this forced um, stay-at-home order by Rome. Well, kind of. Everybody had to go home and, because they were going to jack up their taxes. And so, you know, the oppression of Rome in a poverty-stricken nation where everyone's forced to go home in order for a census to be taken to jack up the taxes. And there's frustration, there's discouragement, there's, there's rumors of revolution. And in the midst of that, God quietly and silently becomes a man. The maker is made. The creator of all things is born through a virgin 
to Bethlehem. Hardly anyone noticed, but you know, God is a proud father who can't uh, help but make a great announcement about the birth of his son. And so Luke captures it this way, that there were shepherds out in a, a field near Bethlehem. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. God showed up and shined, and an angel appeared and spoke. And they were terrified, as I would imagine you might be. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, which is Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. <laughs> so an angel shows up. The glory, the majesty, the wonder of God appears in this moment to shepherds. God doesn't just appear to those in positions of power and prominence. He appears to humble, hardworking shepherds who are out in the fields away from the busyness and the chaos of town. And he says to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. And that's really what I want to challenge you with. Um, what is it that can pull you out of you that can fill you with joy? Well, I, here's what I want you to know. At Christmas, what we're celebrating is that there's good news that gives great joy. In fact, can you make a note of that? Maybe, maybe just type that again into the comment section or make a note on your phone or maybe lean over and say that to somebody that's in, in your home that you're, uh, you're enjoying this service with. Here's the point. What can fill you with wonder and joy and excitement that pulls you out of you? It's the good news that does that. It's the good news that the angel was bringing. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for everyone. That today in the town of David, there's a savior, the Messiah is born. And so here's the thing. Why is it that we go through life with our head hung low, half asleep, just kind of going through the motions because life is not as it should be? No, we live broken. We live defeated. We live drained. And life itself seems to drain us. Even when you do things that excite you, you walk away from it drained. Why is that? Because Nothing in this world was made to fill us. And if nothing in this world fills us or satisfies us, it reveals that there must be an appetite in us for something otherworldly. That's right. What drains us is that you and I are broken more than emotionally or mentally or, you know, more than it's our relationships that are broken. It's that you and I are broken spiritually. And because we're broken spiritually, we have what Jesus called sin in our life. It's a spiritual sickness. It's a spiritual sabotaging force that separates us from God and leaves us on a life course headed toward forever ruin. Now, that's the bad news, okay? So I said, good news brings great joy. The bad news is that you and I live a life separated from God, and as a result, we go through life drained and defeated and depleted, where no matter what we do, even things that excite us, tend to leave us afterward feeling even more drained because you can't get enough of what you need to sustain that excitement. But God did not intend for us to live in sin, headed toward a forever judgment as a result of sin, so God intervened. How, how did God intervene? Well, let's jump back into the story in um, Luke chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. He said, today in the town of David, this is the angel uh, declaring this. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. 
Imagine that. God, the infinite creator, places himself in the womb of a virgin and confines himself to time and space. Why? To be the savior. And the good news is this, that you and I are broken beyond repair, that you and I are wrecked and ruined by sin, but God intervened in our story, even though we were headed toward forever ruin. He intervenes in our story by becoming one of us. The great God becomes small, and the infinite God is confined to time and becomes placed in the finite body for the purpose of becoming a sacrifice. That's right. To offer himself as the payment for our sin. See, Jesus didn't just come to uh, be born. He came to die. And his death became the payment for our sin. See, Jesus took on himself when he died our shame, our sin, our guilt. He took on our eternal death sentence. And when he died, he died once for all. So anyone who believes in him is forgiven of their sin and their shame and guilt are removed. And Jesus not only died, but he rose from the dead. And in his resurrection, he, he rises triumphant, not just for himself, not just as a victor, but to give victory for all of us. See, the good news is this gospel that we were far from God, so God came to us. We were headed toward eternal death, so Jesus died for us and offers us new and forever life. So anyone who believes in him by faith is forgiven of their sins and given new life. And if that's where you're at, if you're ready to receive that gift of new life, can I invite you, hey, what better time than Christmas to make a commitment to know God and love God and by faith to believe in Jesus. And I invite you, would you let us know that you're making that commitment? You can do that by texting the name Jesus to 41411. Or if you're on our online platform or on Facebook, you can just type the name Jesus into the comment section and one of our hosts will immediately follow up with you. If you believe in Jesus by faith, I want you to know that you've received the greatest gift that could ever be given. You've received the good news. But here's the thing, this good news brings great joy. I wanna make sure you don't miss this because some of you, maybe you've heard these statements before and you're missing the wonder of Christmas. And that is that the gospel, this good news, is what fills your life with joy. What you're missing if you don't have joy is you're not living in the good news. And so that's what the shepherds experienced. Let's jump back in and let's read their response. It's found in Luke chapter two, verse 15, just a few verses later. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. They were filled with joy and they went to see, right? It says, let's go and see. And so my challenge to you is when you hear good news, I want you to come and see what God has done. I, simply, I'm going to invite you to come and see. Come and see the good news that brings great joy. Many times, you, so in this moment, you have angels that say something, and then they say, let's go see what God has done. Jesus, when he's walking the earth, he says, come and see. Others who heard Jesus would tell their friends, come and see Jesus. And I want to invite you to come and see. 
Come and see God at work in your life. Come and hear the good news. And when they met Jesus, Jesus would often say, come and follow me. After people came and saw and then began to come and follow, he would invite them to come and live. What they saw and heard compelled them to follow, and in following, their life was changed, and they began to live for the very first time. I mean, they began to live with their eyes fully open. They became fully awakened to a God who is not dead, nor does he sleep. God is not far away and distant. He has come very near, and you can come and see a God who has come near to you. I want to invite you to come close to a God who has come close to you. And you don't need to travel to Bethlehem. You don't need to leave your job behind. Right where you're at, in your heart, you can come close to a God who has come close to you. And as you come close, you begin to see how God has changed, has changed everything around you. And God wants to change you. I want you to come and see how God wants to work in your life. Because he wants you to come and see, come and follow, and come and live. And what you're going to discover, that when you come and see, just like the shepherds did, you're going to see a living God. A God who has come close, a God who is on the move, who is active, who does what no one else could do. A God who brings miracles into our lives, who brings hope and peace and joy. What greater gift do we need during this Christmas season than joy? Come and see the joy that God wants to bring close to your life, a joy, an inner awe that captivates you and takes your breath away and pulls you out of you, pulls you out of yourself, out of your troubles, out of your, your doubts, out of all the stuff that drains you. And when you come and see, what you discover is that God becomes your focus. And when God becomes your focus, God becomes your fuel. So when you come and see, God becomes your focus. You're filled with awe. And when you're filled with the awe of God, you're fueled by God. The good news fills you and gives you a great joy. And it doesn't leave you because the moment doesn't have to pass. So right now, if you're feeling discouraged, all you need is great joy that comes from retelling yourself the good news that God has come close to you. And all you have to do is lean into that good news. Lean into the great joy of knowing how close God is. When you come and see, you can remind yourself of the good news. So here's what I do on a daily basis. I just retell myself this good news. I was far from God. I've been broken by sin. I'm messed up and I live in a messed up world. God stepped into the messed up world. God became one of us. Jesus died on a cross to take my sin and my shame. He died my, the death I deserve and he offers me new life because he rose from the dead. And when I believe in Jesus, I've come, I come in and I see, I come close to God. Through faith, I receive the gift of God, this good news, and it fills me with great joy. Every time I retell myself this news, I'm filled with great joy, and I remember that my, my life is not all there is. I remember that there is a life beyond myself, that there's the great life of God, and I'm part of that. Now, when I, become, when I recognize that I become part of that, I recognize my responsibility in it. Let me continue to read Luke chapter 2. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. 
in many ways, they were the first missionaries, the first pastors, the first witnesses, the first evangelists. Why? Because they went around telling anyone and everyone about the good news of, that brings great joy, and they couldn't keep it quiet. They, they look, for me, I, I shared this story about going into the Wind River Range of Wyoming, and it's a story I've told several times. Uh, many, many people who know me close and personal, they've heard me tell the story about my Wyoming experience and I have at times told them, told people how I came out this, this turn, turn in the mountain where the forest opened. I just, my jaw dropped looking at the stars. I mean, so many stars that your brain can't even process it. You're, you can't fully understand. You can never describe it. To just see the expanse of the Milky Way, right? Because what happened was I, I came and I saw, and then I had to go and tell. And what happens to these shepherds is they come and they see, and then they go and they tell. And so my challenge to you is, so I'm going to do a little, little play on the words here. I want you to go and show and tell, right? Because you're not just going and telling. You're going and showing and telling. You're showing people what God has done in your life. Not just what you saw, but what you've experienced. Here's the thing. Too many of us are selfish with our joy. And I think joy is one of the most missing attributes in people's lives. They're discouraged, they're frustrated, they're drained, they're unhappy and discontent about life. I mean, you can have everything you need and every need met and be joyless because you've never had an awe-inspiring experience where good news filled you with great joy. But when it, it happens, you can't help but get out and tell people how God has changed your life. That's the go and show and tell. You don't just go out. Now you become like a little kid in kindergarten going show and tell. You got to tell everybody about your favorite gift or your favorite moment. This is, I want to tell you about the moment that changed my life forever. In fact, um, the go tell it on the mountain is uh, both a Christmas hymn and a famous song, interestingly written by slaves. And some of these songs, which were like anthemized spirituals, were captured and put into a songbook after the Civil War and the Emancipation Proclamation. It was put together in a book by John Wesley Work Jr., who captured all these different anthemized spirituals, and the song Go Tell It on the Mountain was included in that. So think about it. Written by slaves, sung by people in captivity, who had the ability to pull themselves out of their own situation to see life bigger than themselves. And they wrote this, and we've sung it. While shepherds kept their watching, or silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens, there shone a holy light. The shepherds feared and trembled when low above the earth rang out the angel chorus that hailed our Savior's birth. And this may be the part that you, you recognize and remember. Down in a lonely manger, the humble Christ was born and God sent us salvation that blessed Christmas morn. And then we sing it out. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. And I want you to go and show and tell it on the mountain. Go and show and tell it at home. Go and show and tell it at work. What I want you to do is go anywhere and everywhere and then begin to show and tell with your life how God has changed you, right? Because if I have great joy that came from good news, then let's not be selfish about it. And so I'm going to give you a couple challenges. I do. I want you to, 
Talk to your friends. I want you to invite a friend. I want you to share this feed. Maybe share this message. And, and, and maybe there's a little bit of a encouragement in there. Let people know what you have. If you have joy that isn't based on what you get for Christmas, it's not based on victory or success or a promotion or something you've bought or sold, you have a joy that's anchored in a confidence that comes from knowing you have good news, the good news of God's love, then you have a responsibility to go and show and tell. So yes, tag somebody. Yes, invite somebody. Yes, share this feed. Invite someone to our Christmas at Lifehouse services online. If you're ready to join us in person, we would love to have you. But man, I want you to share and share and share. Invite, invite, invite. Go and show and tell. Now, when you go and you show and tell, your life becomes a lie. And one of the things we do around Christmas time, one of our services, we'll do a, a candle lighting moment. And it's a reminder of the light that entered the darkness. It's a reminder that uh, God of all light invaded our dark world. Really, what we do when we light the candle, and, and maybe in your home, don't do this if your parents aren't watching with you, but to maybe get a lighter or maybe get a candle, maybe you light one. And for the rest of the service or just for the next few moments, maybe just hold it. And uh, what, what the light is, the candle is, it's, it's a show and tell. It's a reminder that God's light came into the darkness. Jesus became the light and the life that brings light to all mankind. But he lights our life on fire. And when your life gets lit on fire, you, you've come and saw, and then you go and tell. And you show and tell. You have a responsibility to let your light shine to everyone else. Don't hide it. Don't cover it up. Let others see the light of God's love in you. During Christmas, man, we need some light. During this season, a little, just a little bit like what, what the first Christmas was like, we could use some light invading the darkness. Your life could invade the darkness of others, maybe even in your own home as you watch this. You're being encouraged to let your light go and show and tell. Share the joy of Christmas. God wants to fill you with good news that becomes great joy for others. Hey, let me take a moment. I wanna pray over you and encourage you during this season. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you. Thank you that you loved us so much that you came to you came close to us. You're not a dead God. You're not a sleeping God. You are wide awake and on the move, and we can experience you, and we can encounter you. We can come and see because you came close to us. And when we come and see, what we discover is the good news that brings great joy. And because we're filled with this great joy, God, we want to make sure that we shine our light by going and showing and telling. So God, would you put it on our hearts? Maybe there's a few people that we need to share this with. Right now, as I pray, God, would you begin to prompt people's hearts so that they would encourage others and shine the light of your love to others, that they would be a light and a witness to their friends during this season. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the good news that brings great joy. And we ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.